Our reading is taken from 2 Chronicles chapter 7, reading verses 13 to 14. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What an incredible verse that is, or a couple of verses, uh, really inspiring and a backdrop to our uh, series this morning. And it's great to share in this uh, series on the theme of prayer, uh, one which uh, seems to be capturing people's imagination. And uh, we're on to A. A is for intercession in our series. Now, before anyone says A doesn't, it should say I for intercession. We've been looking at uh, themes from this book by Pete Gregg, How to Pray. And uh, in our different series, P stands for pause, R for rejoice, A is for ask, and last week with Nigel in the morning uh, at the 9.15 and the 6.30, and I can't remember, was it Joe at the 10.30, we were looking at uh, the theme of petition, asking for ourselves, and this morning we're looking at intercession as part of that asking uh, as we think about the wider world. I was reminded this week of the um, story of Joseph Scriven, who was an Irish poet in the 19th century. And uh, it's fair to say he wasn't very lucky in love. Um, on the night before he was due to marry, um, his fiancée sadly drowned. And if that wasn't bad enough, totally grief-stricken, he moved away to uh, Canada. He fell in love with a local woman who suddenly fell ill with pneumonia and died. But he found great comfort in his faith. And uh, when his mum back in Ireland was uh, taken ill one day, he wrote a simple poem, a three-verse poem to comfort her, which he called Pray Without Ceasing. It expressed his solidarity with her and uh, his um, faith in the power of prayer. Well, someone picked up this poem and they set it to music. And it is what we know as What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Uh, a great hymn which we're singing at the end of our service. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. And throughout this series, we need reminding, don't we, of what a privilege it is to come before God in prayer, to be caught up in his purposes. God inviting us in to his story as we play our part. So I'm just going to pray again before we continue. Thank you, Lord God, for the absolute privilege that it is to engage with you in prayer. And we pray, Lord God, that just during these next few minutes, you might further speak to us and encourage us to be caught up in your purposes. So give us ears to hear your voice, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're talking about intercession, and uh, it's true to say that intercession is about sort of standing in the gap. It's about standing in the gap between God and humanity. And we're in great company, as we read in Romans chapter 8, where we have 
the Spirit and Christ himself interceding with the Father for the world. So uh, just to prove it, have a look at Romans 8, verse 26 and 27, where Paul writes, We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So the Holy Spirit interceding for us. And then just a few verses later, verse 34, Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. That's pretty mind-blowing, isn't it? The Spirit and the Son interceding to the Father on our behalf. What a privilege then it is for us to be caught up in God's purposes, taking it to the Lord in prayer. Standing in the gap, not willing him around to our way of thinking, not coming to God with a list of requests and demands to get what we want, but getting in tune with his will. The Spirit interceding in accordance with the will of God. Your kingdom come, not my kingdom come. One of the biggest challenges as we pray is to get a sense of what God's will might be in any given situation. We've got those clues, haven't we? We, we ask ourselves, well, what would reflect God's character? What would reflect God's priorities, God's purposes, what we know of him? But actually it requires a great deal of humility and selflessness if we're going to truly seek God's will and God's purpose. And that's the great call of 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and those two verses that Adam read to us. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. The world is in such a mess largely down to humanity's selfishness and greed. We will only see God's power and, un and healing unleashed as we recognize that and as we come to him in humility and in repentance. A few weeks ago, over New Year, I was uh, with a whole load of others at uh, Hazelmere, the youth camp, and we were looking at a series on Nehemiah. don't know how many of you have studied the uh, book of Nehemiah, but it's a tremendous story of, of faithfulness and heartfelt prayer. And action. And in chapter one, you've got uh, Nehemiah who's serving in the king's palace. He's got quite a nice job, providing someone doesn't want to poison the king. He is the cupbearer to the uh, to the chief, and he's tasting all the fine Shirazes and Merlots and everything else. And um, he hears uh, someone comes to him, a brother, and says to him, "The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire." And after that, we read of Nehemiah's response, hearing that the city wall is broken. It's heartfelt and it's a humble response. So Nehemiah 1 verse 4, When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And that's the whole attitude of Nehemiah throughout the first six chapters of that book. 
Nehemiah crying out to God and seeking God's purposes. Time and time again, there's mention of him coming to God in prayer. He's got a sense of what is on God's heart. And he reflects that back to God and cries out to God. And that spurs him into action. In another song we're going to be singing uh, later, there's that line, Break my heart for what breaks yours, everything I am for your kingdom's cause. That is a prayer that we might have our spirit in tune with God's spirit. In intercession, we're aligning our wills with God's ultimate purpose, crying out to him, standing in the gap. But where do we start? There is so much to pray for, so much need, so many people struggling. Our minds are all a scramble. There are people we know who are having a difficult time we want to pray for. There are situations across the world. There are things going on in our families. Well, maybe a good place to start is actually to pray in line with our God-given passions. Because God will give each of us particular concerns. Things that have perhaps grown in us over a period of months or years. As most of you know, one of my great passions is to see young people come to know Jesus, grow in discipleship with him, grow in their faith, and then grow into leadership and serve him in the church and in the world. And so much of my prayer of intercession is around those sorts of themes. Feeble though it is, it heads in that direction. Maybe God has given you a concern for a particular country, a particular mission organization, a particular issue in the world. Maybe God's just given you a massive heart for, for CAP, the work of Christians against poverty. So we pray in accordance with those things that God has placed on our hearts. But sometimes God does something amazing and by his spirit he might just prompt us to pray in a spirit-inspired way. And we're going to uh, watch a short piece of video from the prayer course and Pete Gregg is talking about, or beginning to talk about, someone in his church who came to him and told him this amazing little story. Thank you. What an amazing little story uh, that is, of, you know, just the spirit inspiring someone to pray at a particular time. So that's another way in which we can be prompted to intercede. Or maybe you're, you're someone who uh, just is very organized and likes to use sort of uh, lists or particular guides. There's a few things, again, going to come up on the screen. Don't know how many of you have ever seen the, the CARE prayer guide. Sorry, it's the last, that's the one. The Care Prayer Guide in the middle, which comes out once a quarter. It's been uh, produced over the last 25 years or so, actually, and mine came through the post this week, and it's the 100th edition. Uh, the same person's been producing it, sort of quarter by quarter, and it's got themes for each week of the year. And it might be around education, it might be around uh, medical ethics, it might be around unemployment or, or government, any number of things, but themes to pray for. Some days with particular prayer points, some days with uh, specific prayers written down. But it's a prompt for prayer, and for those who are sort of organized like that in their intercession, it gives a way of praying. 
There's another, a couple of other prayer guides that I sometimes use. Uh, don't, don't get the impression that I'm sat there all morning with several prayer guides praying diligently through all of them. But I have these uh, prayer guides uh, beside the chair where I normally sit when I have a sort of focused prayer time, and I'll be dipping in and out, uh, out of them at different points during a week or a month. And then inspired by this series and this particular theme, I've resurrected... Um, a pattern that I used many years ago. And that little yellow card on the, on the right, it's got the days of the week, and on each of the days of the week, it's got a particular theme. So on Mondays, it says friends and family. And then on other days, it's got Friday is personal discipleship, uh, uh, Saturday is, I can't remember what now. Um, but uh, the wider world on Thursdays, um, leadership team, PCC. So it's, it's geared towards me and particular things I'm involved in, Hazelmere another day. And I'll just print one of those off and just scribble maybe two or three things under each heading and sort of particularly focus on those things as I pray. Now, you know, that has worked for me in the past and it's working for me again now. It's finding something that works for us. So for those of you who like lists or like to be organized in prayer, there's all sorts of crib sheets and different things that can be used. We've got our, um, our prayer guide at the back, which is produced once a month to enable people to pray for specific things that go on in the life of the church. And the ministry heads put that together with three prayer pointers for um, each month or every couple of months. Maybe you'd like to pray together with others who share similar interests. There's something powerful about coming together to pray. And there are so many structured opportunities at Christ Church to do that. There's the Open Doors prayer group that meets uh, once a month to pray for the persecuted church. There are CAP prayer gatherings and, and information sharing sessions that take place at Nigel and Belinda Stowe's once every two or three months, praying into the work of Christians Against Poverty. The youth team gather together five times a week before or after their various sessions to pray. I'm sure if anyone wanted to join them to, to pray for the young people, then that would be appreciated. There are the times we gather on a Monday morning here in the Trinity Chapel at 9.15 or on a Wednesday morning at 7 o'clock, praying for the church and for the world. There's real strength of uh, meeting together. Our mission partners are often sharing posts or newsletters on, uh, on social media or on our website, which give a focus for our prayers. So there's all sorts of things that can help us. You may or may not be aware of the prayer chain which Mary Freestone coordinates where um, requests are passed on to her with people's permission from members of the congregation or the wider community and then that's shared by email or phone with a number of people in the congregation to pray. And we've seen some amazing answers to prayer as we've prayed into some of those situations. God's healing, reconciliation between individuals, all sorts of things. So there's so many different opportunities. But we acknowledge, don't we, that prayer is a mystery. We don't always know what God is doing. As we go on through our series uh, next week, we're looking at the theme of unanswered prayer. Sometimes we don't see what we might expect or what we might want. So don't hear this as some sort of triumphalist sermon. It is a, it is a mystery. But it's also a massive privilege that we are caught up in God's purposes. A privilege and a responsibility. And as we pray, God acts. And so adding to our display, um, our toolkit, 
this week we have this globe which reminds us of the fact that we can be caught up in God's purposes for the world. We've already heard a bit from Jamie about uh, the way in which folks pray in India. We're able to join in praying. Isn't that incredible? You know, we can be praying this morning for a situation in a project thousands of miles away across the world. And that was part of the privilege of prayer. So let's renew our commitment to be people of prayer, people who reach out to others in prayer as we seek God's purposes and God's will in the world. And so we're going to continue in, continue in worship and uh, the first song we're going to sing is, use, contains that line, break my heart for what breaks yours, everything I am in your kingdom's cause.